Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Go Up Podcast Edition. Where we explore the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. We are your hosts. I'm Dean. Caritas. Caritas. Yes. That was aggressive. <laughs> yeah. The summer heat brings it out. <laughs> it's bringing it out, the aggressiveness. Yeah. That's good. I like it. Yeah. Oh, man. How have you been? I've been really well. How about yourself? Good. Very good. Very aggressive. <laughs> uh, yeah. No kidding. <laughs> Uh, so today, mm, caritas, caritas, yes, we're going to talk about the heart of the Father. Oh, so soften it up a bit. Is that the hint you're kind of giving me? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> you can Read still... the room. Read the room. <laughs> yes, tranquil combo of the eagle and the dove and the there you go. lion and the lamb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wanted to ask you, so on your farm, yep. you've got a playground, Yep, you've got some barns. Yeah. Do you have animals? Oh, yes, we have animals. Ooh. We have some goats, okay. some sheep. We have two juvenile Jersey calves, oh. which are cows in the making. They're growing up right now. So uber and, cute. Yeah. As you would call it, cute on steroids. Cute on steroids. <laughs> Their names are Molly and Dolly. Molly and Dolly, that's yeah. so good. <laughs> So you have goats on your farm? We do, yeah. Are they regular size goats? Or are they like the miniature pygmy goats? They're small goats. Okay, because I have sort of like a traumatizing childhood experience with goats. Oh, really? What happened? Did you ever have class pets? Oh, yeah. School, right? Like goldfish, hamsters, guinea pigs. Right. Kind of normal things. I had a teacher who had pygmy goats as a class pet. Oh. Like in the classroom in every day. In the classroom. And around the school, outside, but they lived in the classroom. The kid behind me one day literally... No joke, the goat ate his homework. I was just going to ask you, would a goat ever eat your homework? It pulled the paper. It's the perfect excuse. <laughs> oh, he cried because it was like homework, like math or something. You really had to like, you know, pour all that blood, sweat and tears into yeah, you. And the no thing kidding. ate it. They also chewed through the computer cords. And this is when we what? got Macs, when the Mac computers came out, like state of the art world computer right like brand new they chewed through the wires <laughs> the goats belonged to the teacher yeah i think she had like a hobby farm and obviously some critical thinking skill issues <laughs> what part of that brain where you make decisions is that frontal lobe yeah <laughs> reasoning and rational thinking <laughs> but so yes we had the pygmy goats in the classroom janitor not a fan but these goats remained for a very long time. And when they finally had enough, she transitioned into a potbelly pig as a class pet. From goats to a potbelly pig. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Just yeah, running I, loose in the classroom. Running loose in the classroom. I don't think the pig chewed wires or ate homework. I really want to know what happened to the janitor because I feel like... Emotional <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> Did you ever take a class pet home? Yeah, one time we had a hedgehog, different teacher, right? more low-key pet. It was over Christmas holidays, and we had it in our basement, and we thought we killed it. But apparently hedgehogs go into hibernation when they're a bit too cold. Oh. But then we revived it, we blow-dried it, and it came back to life. And, oh, so warm air with a blow-dryer. Yeah, and it slowly... Revived. Yeah, signs of life started coming. <laughs> That's crazy. What about you? We did take the class gerbil home for Christmas holidays one time. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. And our cat got the gerbil. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so much worse than a hibernating. Um... It was so bad. <laughs> we actually did kill the class pet. <laughs> and you carried this with you. <laughs> I've been carrying it with me all these years. 
How do you explain this to the teacher? You don't. You go to the store and you get another gerbil. (laughs) Yeah. And you try to get one that's the same color. Mm -hmm. Um, Can I get a replica? (laughs) But yeah, my kids haven't had class pets. I don't know if it's like a dying trend. Teachers just don't have time for it anymore. (laughs) Too much mess. Too much trauma. What's happening with your dove? You see, I'm transitioning. Look at you in this smooth transition. We're still talking about animals. Yeah, it's still related. You're blending the colors in the painting to make it look like a smooth flow. That's right. We're headed towards God, (laughs) Holy Spirit. Uh, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The dove, you know, is flying around more. It's being a little more distant. I bought a different type of food to give it, and I don't think Mm -hmm. I liked it. But uh, yeah, it's still around. It's molting a lot of feathers. Is that normal at this time of year? Probably. It's hot out. We make eye contact sometimes. As it ate from your hand again. I haven't really tried the patience, you know. I'm just like, you're going to take more than three seconds to eat from my hand. I don't have time for this. (laughs) But it did eat from Nathan's hand. Did I tell you this? The glee on his face as he's trying to hold so still. The joy. (laughs) He's a changed man. He's a changed man. Mm -hmm. The Holy Spirit will do that in your life. You will. That's a nice transition there, Dean. We have to get to our subject somehow. (laughs) I don't see any other way. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you want to talk about... The Father, the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father. Yeah. You had messaged me this week and you said, Kratos, what about the heart of the Father? Mm -hmm. Jesus, God, one. Like, what is this? I talked to my daughter about it. God... And Jesus and Jesus saying, I am in the Father and he is in me and I am in you. We're kind of talking about that. Mm -hmm. And she's like, hmm, just so matter of fact. Yep. God is like apple juice and Jesus is like orange juice and they're one. So they're orple juice. Orple juice. Hmm. Orple juice. And that was it. That was the end of the conversation because that apparently explained it enough. Matter of fact. Mm -hmm. Got it out. Right. And then she she goes and starts playing. But I'm sitting there like, orple juice. (laughs) Wow. Can you Almost a mic drop moment there. (laughs) But yes, so let's have a big swig of Orpal juice and get the show on the one. Yeah, I've been uh, rocked all week by some scriptures that I came across that kind of really changed my view, actually, of the Father. I don't know if I have full language for it, but sometimes in conversation things come out. You bring something, I bring something. Oh, yeah. Who knows where this is going to go? Start this feast. Yeah. Right? Isn't that kind of like when we gather with other believers and stuff? It's like you're coming to this feast. Mm-hmm. And each bringing something and it's going to be good and enjoyable. And That's kind of the way these podcasts are. And Jesus did that, right? Like even when he came back, gather around some fish on the beach and breakfast mm. and like he made them breakfast. He already had it on the fire. I like his style. Some scripture verses that I came across. I'm just going to throw them out there and then see where this goes. Yeah. I always knew that Jesus and the Father were one because Jesus said, I and the Father are one. Fact, it says something similar, word for word. <laughs> they tried to stone him for it. They were so yeah. offended that he mm. would make himself out to be one with the Father. He asked them, why are you stoning me? For which good work? And they said, not for any good work, but because you, being a man, are making yourself out to be one with God. But when Jesus said, I and the Father are one, he wasn't kidding. Yeah. He was one with the Father. And I think mm. maybe before this week, I never considered how closely intertwined they were. Yeah. To the point where they're indistinguishable. Mm. Jesus came to reveal the Father, and he revealed the Father so thoroughly mm-hmm. that you couldn't tell where one ended and the other started. Yeah. Well, we talked about this the other week where we came across that scripture. Philip 
well, if you just show us the father, right, mm, then we'll believe enough, me. He's like, yeah. what do you mean? How long have I been with you? Like, how much more do you need? If you see me, you've seen the father. Mm. Those kind of scriptures and then a couple more that I have here. Wow. Isaiah 9, this is the famous Christmas scripture. Mm. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. So the child that is born, the son that is given, one of his names is Eternal Father. Yes. Detour on the same one. Okay. That scripture, and the government will rest on his shoulders. Yes. Jesus is the head, so we are the ecclesia. Mm-hmm. The government resting on his shoulders. We'll come back to oh, that. Oh, my goodness. Another one, but that one's jumped out to me a few months ago. That is a whole ecclesia, government, shoulders, Jesus. <laughs> Someday we're going to talk about the ecclesia. That's going to be an yeah. exciting. We're not going to get through that in one podcast either. No, and not today. This is just a scenic bypass to say, we'll, we'll go there one day, kids. Put it in the travel log. Right. Places to visit in the future. All right. Everlasting Father, Jesus carried the title of Everlasting or Eternal Father. Yeah. Isn't that so funny that when he actually said, I and the Father are one, it was so contested, even though it's like we have these scriptures memorized. If they would have recognized him as the Messiah or as God's son, they could have gone back to this scripture because they knew this scripture. Yeah. If they were looking for their Messiah, they would have Mm. known that one of his names was Everlasting Father. Mm-hmm. And so then a statement like the Father and I are one wouldn't have been so strange. Right. Almost like foreshadowing. Yes. We don't do well with change, okay, <laughs> as a people. <laughs> I saw this video of a little clip of some old news back in the 80s when the loony, our dollar, came in and right. replaced the bills. So much complaining, so much resistance, so much. Like, I mean, you're, you're so right. We, as a human species, are very bad at change. Yeah. We do change badly. <laughs> yeah. In fact, we're hopeless at change. And this is hilarious because they took the bill and turned it into change. And we're bad at change, even change becoming change. <laughs> Where do you <laughs> come up with this stuff? Yeah. I'm married to a dad. My husband is a dad. So I'm surrounded by dad jokes. If it doesn't make an adolescent roll their eyes all the way to the back of their head, it's not a good joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, what else you got there? You got some more juicy? Yep. Hebrews 1.3. And he, Jesus, is the radiance of his, the Father's glory, and the exact representation of his nature. This week, that word exact stood out to me. Wow. Exact representation of his nature and upholds all things by the word of his power. So Jesus represented or displayed the Father perfectly. As a man, tempted just like every other man, like gone through everything from the beginning. Like he didn't just show up. He went through it all just like us, and he was the exact representation. Wow. It made me wonder when I was thinking about it, if Jesus could represent the Father in that way so perfectly that you couldn't tell where one began and the other stopped, Mm -hmm. then how close can we be to the Father? I thought maybe we've really shortchanged ourselves. Mm. A big part of that is, do we believe that it could be that good, that we could have that type of relationship with him? the Son, and the Father. And when he calls us born again, you're my son, born of a new seed, do we believe that as the other sons, we can have that same relationship? Those are the kind of thoughts that were going on in my head this week. Somebody tried to call Jesus good. Mm, Yes. And he said, don't call me good. There's only one that's good, the Father. The nature of the Father 
His goodness. The Father carries such goodness and kindness. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he would mistreat one son and treat the other one well. He is mm. no respecter of persons. Yeah. He treats everyone equally. Yeah. The starting place for us to get to know the Father and the heart of the Father, if we're talking about the heart of the Father today, is to know and understand his goodness. Mm, yes. That's a hard one to just read about. Understanding someone's goodness, it's something you experience. Mm -hmm. It is something you have to yada. Yeah. You have to experience it. Yeah. It's actually a very critical part of our walk as believers is experiencing him and believing that it's available and that he wants us to experience him as a father mm -hmm. and his goodness. Mm -hmm. We ascribe mm -hmm. all kinds of things to the father. He did this or he did that, or why did you let this happen to me? Or right. what about that? Mm -hmm. That he had nothing to do with. It was a result of something else. It was a result of our fallen state of our world and what we brought on ourselves. We relinquished our entire planet to a sinister spirit. The Father, He is so uncontrolling hmm. that He let it happen. He is so serious about not controlling us and about giving us a free will. So with a sad heart, He had to watch us go down that path. Mm -hmm. And He did not interfere. He refuses to interfere in our affairs, he's so uncontrolling. He's so open-handed. It's so important to see that. It reminds me in Job, all the stuff that happened. I'm not going to rehash it all, but it wasn't fun. No. Job tore his robe, shaved his head. In all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrongdoing. So it's just interesting, his perspective, even though he didn't understand what was happening to him and what was going on around him. It's like he had had this encounter with the heart of the Father, and he wasn't accusing him of wrongdoing. Right. Such a good point. Mm. Almost a mic drop moment. Not quite. I was thinking about this scripture all over again. Philippians 2, 5 to 8. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who as he already existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God Ooh. something to be grasped. So he was equal with God, but he emptied himself out, took the form of a bondservant, mm. and was found in the likeness of men. Once again, there we see how closely knit he was to God. And right before that, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So there's the mysterious tie-in of us yeah. and our part in this. Yeah. So we're supposed to have that same mind. Mm. What does that mean, Caritas? Let his mindset become your motivation, mm -hmm. one translation says. Yeah. What we're looking at in here are these little clues pointing us to a life of fullness, as far as I see. Yeah. It can only be understood through revelation. I have one more verse, though, that I wanted to talk about just in regards to how closely related Jesus was to God. Mm. John 1.1 1, 1 struck me this week. Mm -hmm. In the beginning was the word... And then it says the word was with God. And then it says the word was God. So closely related, so closely intertwined, mm -hmm. so united, so one, so in union. Wow. Once again, indistinguishable <laughs> orange apple and pear. Pear. Or pearple juice. <laughs> or pearple juice. <laughs> you taste nothing else in the world like it. <laughs> so what I realized is that Jesus actually embodied the Father. One of his names was Everlasting or Eternal Father. He said in one place that he came to reveal the Father. Mm. 
He revealed the Father by becoming or embodying the Father. So Jesus, when he went about his earthly ministry, he gave us an example of what it would be like to be a spiritual father because he embodied the Father so perfectly. So I am convinced now that the way that he loved his disciples was from the heart of a father. I'm convinced that he fathered his disciples and that rather than them being a bunch of people that he was teaching stuff to or training, what he was doing instead is he was fathering them. Wow. We have such a strange idea of what a disciple is. So let me say a rather bold statement. Being a disciple does not necessarily mean sitting in a classroom getting taught or even being mentored by somebody. It's being fathered by somebody. That's the way Jesus did it. Mm -hmm. Jesus fathered those who the Father gave to him. It's a game changer. Yeah. He was doing his ministry (laughs) with those closest to him. Mm out of a father's heart yeah. because he carried the heart of the father. In fact, he is everlasting father. So because he is that, he carried that and he released that over the people that he was working with. Wow. His disciples were being fathered by the father heart through the union that he had with the father, which was so close that it was indistinguishable between the two. Wow. That, my friend, was a mic drop. Oh, no. Bang. Oh, my. (laughs) There it goes again. Good stuff. Another dent in the mic. (laughs) Just stop saying such good things. (laughs) (laughs) There are a lot of places where he talks about loving them perfectly, his goodness, his kindness, Mm -hmm. the way that he pulled stuff out of them, believed in them, threw them in over their heads before they (laughs) even knew where they were. He had such a fathering heart for them put them in situations that he knew they could handle, but Mm. they didn't know they could handle. Yeah, and there wasn't that sense of him like grading them, right? Like Mm. pass or fail, or it's different with a father. Yes. Wow. The heart of the father is a different heart. There's this intimacy that you don't get with a teacher Mm -hmm. that you have through a father raising you and guiding you. That's powerful stuff, worth pondering. So that made sense to me this week, and it kind of blew my mind. So... Oh. So you're still recouping. I'm still recovering. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Caritas, there's more. <laughs> there's more? How can it be? So how close can we be to the Father if Jesus was that close to the Father? Well, he gives a little hint like that. In John 14, we've talked about this before where yep. he says, Oh, you're going to read that one, will you? that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Mm. And that's not the only time he says stuff like that. (laughs) No, it's not. I'm thinking of another thing. I really believe that John had quite a revelation of Mm. the Father. And he wrote about the Father a lot. There's a couple of verses in 1 John that made sense to me Mm. this week. 1 John 2, verse 12. I am writing to you, little children, because your sins have been forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers... Mm because you know him who has been from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. And then he repeats the whole thing. He says, I've written to you, little children, because you know the Father. I've written to you, fathers, because you know him who Mm. has been from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one. So he writes to three groups of people. Mm Mm-hmm little children. And he says, because you know the Father. 
and you know that your sins are forgiven. And then he writes to the young, and he says, because you've overcome the evil one. So these are the warriors. They understand their authority, yeah, and they understand that mm-hmm. they have overcome. And also it says they're strong, and the word of God abides in them. But then he writes to the fathers, and this rocked me this week. I don't even know how to bring language to this, but to carry the heart of the father is different from being a child and knowing the Father. Mm. So the starting place for our identity, of course, is knowing the Father and knowing His love over us, right? Mm-hmm. That's where it all has to start from. That's where yeah. it stems from. Yeah. So the first thing that we need to get in line is our relationship with the Father, knowing the love of the Father, understanding who He is, yeah. understanding His love over us, understanding that we are sons and daughters and He's well-pleased in us. Yeah understanding he's forgiven our sins, we're completely mm-hmm. free, and understanding who we are in him, yeah, who he's made us to be. Taking the veil off, being able to stand before him, yes. right? Without condemnation or shame. We all stand in that place mm-hmm. of a child with our father. And honestly, when I come to the father, I come as a child. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you do as well. Mm-hmm. That's a starting place. I write to you, children, yeah, because... Whoa, Dean. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Now he's going to write to the youth, and he's going to say, you're overcomers. Mm -hmm. You understand. You are strong. The word of God abides in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's different. Like a little kid will run to dad. Yes. Help me, you know, and you're learning, and you need assistance and help more. But then there's this point I'm reading here, the adolescence, the youth. I know who my father is, and I know who he says I am. Yes. And I know what he's empowered me with. Yes. And then he is now going to write to the fathers. So those who actually carry the heart of the Father, those who represent the Father like Jesus represented the Father, those who display his nature, Mm -hmm. he says the exact same thing two times. I am writing to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. Mm. He repeats it. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. Okay, so... I did a little word study on a couple of those words. Ooh. Okay. Diving in deep. The key word here is the word beginning. So those who carry the Father's heart know he who was from the beginning. So in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The eternal one was there in the beginning. The one who is there in the beginning is the creator. But this word beginning is crazy. It's the Greek word arche. And it actually means the person or thing that commences or starts something. The first person in a series, the leader, that by which something begins to be, the origin or cause of a thing. So what do the fathers know? So they know the person who started it all. They know the leader. They know the one who caused all things to be. They know the creator, the giver of life, the eternal one, the one who carries the incorruptible seed who birthed us and who fathered us so that we can be born again and made into a kainos, new creation person, the one who breathed life into our spirit, the one who gives life to our being. They know the giver of life. Mm -hmm. The ones who carry the Father's heart, they know that one, the eternal one. It's a completely different level once again. Yeah. Okay. Whatever would happen in your life at that point, like I'm sure people in this stage, they still go through hardships. Absolutely. Or trials or tragedies or, you know, unexpected, blindsided moments. People 
doing things or saying things or behaving in certain ways that are just shocking. Mm-hmm. But to be able to know the one who doesn't change above all else seeking the kingdom. Yeah. It's a pretty steadfast, immovable place. Yeah. That's standing on a rock, building a house on something that isn't movable. Mm-hmm. That depth of knowing him. Depth of knowing him in that way. Yeah. So it's union. Yeah. It's union life. with the creator. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Complete game changer. <laughs> yeah. So you know those people mm. that you come across and you say, wow, I don't know why I'm drawn to them. They just carry a father's heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those people are the ones who have come into that place where they understand mm-hmm. and they know their creator. Yeah. They know the eternal one. They know the one that started it all. They know the giver of life. Yeah. Know yada, yada. union mm-hmm. with the Father. The Father and I are one, like mm. Jesus always said. They understand, they hear the voice of the Father. Yeah. They speak those things. Mm. Yeah. They see what the Father is doing. They do those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Carrying that. <laughs> okay, so this week I kept thinking to myself, I want to be that person. Yeah, just like your father. Yeah. (laughs) Because you know him and you're with him and you experience him. Yeah. Do you believe you can be like your father? I believe I can be. Yeah. Mm. How about you? I do. Yeah. Because he wouldn't tell us to believe that if we couldn't. Mm. So I'll go back to a scripture that we read last week. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4.15, Even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you have only one Father. For I became your Father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. So Paul identified as a Father. And the planting of the churches that he did, all the work of the ministry that he did, he did it through the heart of a Father. It's pretty evident when you read through his letters and his epistles, that Mm -hmm. the people that related to him related to him as a father. So Jesus carried that heart for his disciples, and then Paul picked that up, and he modeled that throughout the beginnings of the church. Mm. The beginnings of the church, at least as far as Paul was concerned, were birthed out of the heart of the Father. Mm. So a lot of what we see in the New Testament as far as what the church looked like Mm -hmm. came under the heart of a father figure in Mm. Paul. Even when he talked with Timothy, he related as a father. So he carried this same thing. He knew the eternal one. Paul was a mystic. I'll just go out on a limb here. I'll say it. I feel like in order to carry the heart of the father in that way, you have to be somewhat of a mystic. Mm. You have to understand eternity. You have to understand the eternal one. You have to understand where it all started. You have to understand how he breathed life into us and how he created us with imperishable seed, Mm -hmm. how he made us brand new. Those things put us in a place where we understand and we carry the heart of the Father because that is what the Father did for us. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's It's not just this concept. You can't understand it fully in like a typical human brain. (laughs) Which is why Paul said, This was given to me by revelation. Mm -hmm. This has to be revealed to our heart. Mm -hmm. So that was my week. (laughs) That's what was going on in me all week. Despite all the busyness going on at work around you, those were the things rolling around in your... Yep. And at this point, people you work with know, don't ask Dean what's on his mind. So I'll just read a couple of things that I wrote down. Jesus was the ultimate representation of the Father. He and the Father were one to the place where he embodied the Father. 
Paul then picked up this mantle and modeled it in his ministry and in the beginnings of the church, the ecclesia. There is a reason why fathers, which in my estimation are the apostles, are the leaders of the ecclesia, because I believe that the church was meant to be a family and it was meant to be fathered, not pastored. It says first apostles, Mm -hmm. then prophets, Mm -hmm. evangelists, pastors, teachers. Mm -hmm. Fathers were meant to be the leaders of the church, and that puts the church in a much different light Mm -hmm. than what we normally see. Well, and you see the shadow of that in the world when they've done, you know, studies on families and fatherless families or Mm -hmm. disconnected fathers and whatever the different situations are, like a huge percent of people incarcerated come from homes of fatherlessness, school issues, behavioral issues, grades, troubles with the law, whatever it is, and a huge correlation between fatherless households, whether they're physically there but emotionally absent or completely gone, Mm -hmm. and these issues. And that's just in this world. We Mm -hmm. see the shadow of fatherlessness and the huge effect it has. And then when you think about the church and the spirit, how much more would fatherlessness affect us? I feel like a lot of our churches are fatherless. So you kind of have these kids and these adolescents in the faith or whatever, kind of running around trying to figure out who they are or not knowing who they are and kind of just flailing in a way. They're not just solid. The children with the fathers, there's this steadfastness, this awareness of who they are and whose they are. I also wanted to say that the Father's heart is bound up in goodness and relationship. That's what fathers mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. They're good because Jesus said, no one is good except the Father. Yeah. There's no other way to bring the heart of the Father to earth than to have people in place that represent his heart. That's where it has to start. Mm-hmm. I have a new Bible and I'm having a hard time finding stuff because I don't have anything highlighted in it. <laughs> and it's like not on the left-hand side halfway down anymore. <laughs> Ephesians 3:14 For this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives his name that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner man so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith and here's what we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in love I've heard a lot of people say we should be grounded in the word But here it says we're supposed to be rooted and grounded in love. There's a reason for that, because this whole group of verses is talking about the Father. It's talking about our identity, because all of the families in heaven and on earth get their name, get their identity, their family identity from Mm -hmm. Him. And it's talking about how He embeds us with His glory and how we are rooted and grounded in His love. Then it goes on to say that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints. So now here we're talking about a father, the father of a community of people, the ecclesia. What is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled up with all the fullness of God. And then one of my favorite verses. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly above (laughs) all that we ask or think, according to to the power that works within us, to him be the glory in the ecclesia in Christ Jesus. Mm. Talks about community again. Family, community, the Father, the Father's house, the Father's love is what we're grounded in. So the Father's heart is the overriding heart of love over his ecclesia. That's what's come out in my heart. I want to know yours. 
Yeah. Chime the crickets. <laughs> Just kidding. There you go. Wow. It's good. I like how long it goes. Yeah. You know, I've just been thinking a lot about that scripture where he's talking, where, you know, Jesus said, and we've quoted it so many times, well, what do you mean, show me the Father? Is the world seeing the Father through our lives? I think we think it has to be this time in our life where I'm a missionary or I'm doing my evangelism stuff. But every moment of our life, everywhere we go, everyone we interact with, whether it's just someone you smile at commuting or someone you run into in the store or whatever it is, are they seeing the Father? Are they experiencing mm -hmm. His heart? We don't have to overcomplicate it. He's a Father. He loves us. We can accept it and step into it. And then there's these depths and these levels of it mm -hmm. that you really start to see this wholeness and this fullness. Fullness. That's a that good you're word. talking yeah. about this like community and family and these fathers. If we see in our little worldly studies the impact of fatherlessness in this world, how much more do we need fathers in our spiritual life? If we're living by the Spirit and walking by the Spirit and not by the flesh, we see what the brokenness and the not having a father in your life does yeah. in the flesh. So how much more important is it? Let me just put it this way. Every time you see something in the world that's really broken, you wonder why does the devil care so much about that particular thing? And you see in the world, there's this pandemic of fatherlessness, right? Everywhere, even with wars, like this war that's happening in Ukraine and Russia, the fathers are separated. We see the war, but there's these fatherless children now everywhere on both sides. Mm -hmm. So you see when the enemy's attacking something, there's something very valuable in that. There's been this degradation of fathers. It's crazy how even in a war, the enemy gets fathers mm -hmm. to abandon their nature, mm -hmm. which is a nature of love, and turn it into aggression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they get destroyed, and then you have a whole generation of fatherless people. On both sides? On both sides. Yeah. Nobody wins because you have fatherless people everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So when I'm seeing something like fatherhood being attacked in the world, what is it about fatherhood? What is it about fathers? If it's so broken here, what in the spirit in the father is so valuable? Mm -hmm. And when I hear you speak about the father, it's so clear. It's mm -hmm. like, wow, this is huge. <laughs> yeah. Fathering is the foundation of our faith, of our identity. Yeah. of our creation. Yeah. In the beginning, the Father was there. And now he's revealed himself to us through Jesus in a crazy way that I guess I never really even clued into before this week. He's gone out of his way to make us aware of the way that a father cares for his creation mm -hmm. and his children. And he wants us to represent that nature in the way that we represent him to the world. Yeah, yeah. Carry that Father's heart. When people are seeing us, when they're experiencing us, are they experiencing the heart of the Father? Mm -hmm. Listen to some of these little glory bombs okay. that I wrote down. I'm ready. First John 4, as he is, so are we in this world. Mm -hmm. Romans 8, we have been predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. Mm -hmm. It's our destiny to be conformed to the likeness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. John 20, as the Father sent me, I also send you. First Peter 1, just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Romans 6, just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we too should walk in the newness of life. John 14, whoever has faith will do the things I have been doing. He will do even greater things. Mm -hmm. John 15, my commandment is this, love each other just as I have loved you. John 17, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them, you and me. That's a golden nugget right there. Yep. Ooh. Ooh.
I've Ooh. given them the glory that you gave me. Second Peter 1, his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Mm. These are good. Ephesians 5, and walk in love just as Christ also has loved us. First John again, walk in the light as he's in the light. Kingdom declarations of identity and purpose. If my father says it, I believe him. Yep. Like a child, you move into adolescence, <laughs> more confident, mm-hmm. and hopefully into... Carrying the father's heart, yeah. yeah, fatherhood. And I also realized that both Jesus and Paul represented the father so brilliantly. Neither of them had natural children. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's a good point to notice. You don't need to have children to understand fatherhood. You don't need to have a good father in your life. Your dad could have been a terrible dad and now that's completely a good lost. Point, because we have a lot of people out there who have very bad representation of fatherhood. Even that does not stop you from knowing the heart of the father yeah. and from stepping into a place where you represent the father mm-hmm. well. I think we depend so much on our worldly circumstances and situations and experiences and feelings and emotions, whereas it's completely different with the Father and the Spirit, different level, the mystical side. Getting to know the Creator, carrying His heart, the one who was from the beginning, the one who started it all, Mm -hmm. that's what qualifies you to carry His heart. Yeah. To end today, Mm -hmm. I'm feeling something on my heart and I don't know how to do this in a podcast. But anything's possible, right? Hey. I actually feel like there are some people who will be listening to this podcast who have had very rough experiences in this life with a father image. And I feel like the father wants to heal some of those things Mm. in some people. So wherever you are, wherever you're sitting or listening, if that's you, take a moment and realize that it doesn't matter What has happened to you in this life? The Heavenly Father is on a completely different level. He is the embodiment of everything good. And so I'm just feeling led right now to release over you the goodness of the Father, Mm. His heart over you, and a new understanding of what Father means. A fresh start. Everything that you've experienced up to now, put it aside and let him build into you a brand new understanding of what a good father is. Because that is the foundation of life. It's the foundation of identity. It's the foundation of our name, our family name. It's the foundation of the church. Mm -hmm. It's the foundation of our spiritual makeup. It's what allows us to walk into a broad place of favor. Because that's another thing that comes from the Father is favor. So everything that we experience, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. Put aside what you've experienced and embrace Him because He is good. I promise you that He exceeds every thought that you have ever had of what good means. So just make a start today. Draw a line in the sand and say, I'm going to pursue the Father even if the word father makes you cringe right now. I've talked to people and I know people that even the mention of the word father makes them cringe. But if that's you, Mm -hmm. put it aside. This is a different kind of father. Mm -hmm. This is a father that will love you unconditionally no matter where you are and will be so good to you that you won't even be able to comprehend the goodness that's in him. We'll just leave it there. That's powerful. 
because it's very easy to let someone who's profaned a name to taint it and yeah. change it, even though father is the most beautiful term. Yeah, there's no way that a father would hurt a child or mistreat a child or neglect a child or leave a child if they had experienced the father. Mm -hmm. And there's another thing that's coming to me as well. If we take what's happened to us and we turn to the Father of Heaven and say, why did you let this happen to me? I think we need to understand that your Heavenly Father had nothing to do with what happened to you. That was the work of darkness. God is not yeah. the author of the wrongdoing. He made us free when He created us. Yeah. We as a human species chose wrong, but He's always been there and He waits for us to come back to Him so He can display His mm -hmm. goodness over our lives. Yeah, it's the enemy that steals, kills, That's and destroys. Right. He brings life and life to the full. That's right. Oh, man. All right. But greet us today. We've Let's... talked about the Father. Mm -hmm. I am so in love with the Father, and I want to represent Him so well. Mm -hmm. And I know you do too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to be the one that knows the one who was from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Now let's do our ending. Transition in and the transition out. Thanks so much for joining us this week at Let's Go Up. Yes, we hope you've enjoyed this conversation as mm -hmm. much as we have. Yeah. We do have a website, letsgoup.us, and greet us Dean. next week. Oh, we have a special guest. We do. Is it going to be a mystery guest? A mystery guest. Do, 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 do. It's going to be so much fun. Stay tuned for a super epic mystery guest. That's right. <laughs> have an awesome week, and may the love and the favor of the Father rest upon you. Mm. Bye. Bye.